Okay? I think first of all I want to say, when I come in this morning at 10.30, I thought the place was empty. And uh, I turned around and I saw why, because most of them are in the worship team this morning. And uh, it's good to have quantity and quality. And that's what we want, don't we? If we've got them all up there and it's all good, we'll take that. Um, secondly, I think I'm just going to move forward a little bit. First, because I want to be closer to you guys. Secondly, that spider behind me is massive. And um, just if you see it starts coming this way, just let me know. Just let me know if it starts coming this way, okay? You might not like what I've got to say this morning. <laughs> um, it's been a long time since I've been up here, um, and so sometimes if you've been away for a little while, you can have too much to say. It can be just as much as a problem as having too little to say. And so that's where I've been at the moment. I was thinking, where can I go today? What can I bring to you guys this morning? And uh, Phil would always say to me, if you don't know what to preach, just preach on the love of God. You can't get it wrong. And I, I thought that was the case until Wednesday night at a fellowship group, we decided to talk about the love of God and what it was and what it meant. And I come to the conclusion, I don't even have a clue what the love of God is anymore. So I'm in a mess this morning. I haven't listened to Dave's message from last week and I heard you nailed some of that, so I need to get on that. But I can't preach even on the love of God. Thankfully, I've got somewhere else to go with you. So you've got something. This morning, um, it's maybe a, a harder one to preach. And if it's a harder one to preach, I know it's a harder one to receive. And you need to know that whenever I say something that's hard to you, I'm saying it to me. <laughs> this is a message I want you to check yourself because I want to check me and where I'm at as well. You know, the Word of God is good to encourage us, Right? It's good to get into the Word of God. That's the point of it, that it builds us up, encourages us, puts fire in our belly, stirs us up to go on with the Lord. But the Word of God is also there to check us so that we can look at our lives, see where we are, review what's going on right now. And maybe we need to recalibrate some stuff, some thinking. We've heard words here about moving positions. And sometimes we need to do that. And the Word of God is there to do that with us too. So it's with that in mind that we go on this morning. So let's get straight into it. Um, if you've got your Bibles, Matthew 7. Matthew chapter 7 and verses 13 and 14. Matthew 7 verses 13 and 14. We're going to be camping in this these two verses today. This is it. Uh, we'll move off a little bit, but we're going to hone in around these two verses, Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Let me read from the NIV here. It says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Just those two verses I want to focus on with you this morning. Um, I'll start by saying that the way that this passage has been taken and may be taken, and the, the way you may look at it, is that it's all to do with salvation. You have a broad gate and you have a narrow gate. The broad gate, we say, is the, the, the gate to hell. And we have a narrow gate, and we say the narrow gate is the way to heaven. We know that Jesus says... I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is the narrow gate. 
But we're not just dealing with two gates here. We're dealing with two roads. We have a narrow gate and a broad gate, but we also have a narrow road and a broad road. And it's that that I'm interested in this morning. I want to ask a question. How's your walk? Maybe a better question for me to ask you this morning is, where are you walking? Are you walking on the narrow road, which is the road that Jesus wants us to take, or are we walking somewhere else? Let's look at this morning what the broad way is then, and can a Christian walk on that? What is the narrow way? How do I walk the narrow way? Why should I walk the narrow way? We're going to look at all of those things this morning. Let's start out then with the broad way. If Jesus wants us to walk the, the narrow way, we need to know what that is. We need to understand what the narrow way is, and we also need to know what the broad way is to work out what it isn't the road we want to take. We need to know what the broad road is all about. There's a couple of things in this passage that uh, Matthew tells us. Firstly, it's broad. And the word in the ESV, I think it says easy. And the original Greek word means that it is spacious. It means it is comfortable. It is wide. That means if something is nice and easy and comfortable and wide, it also means it's desirable. I remember going to the States, and I don't know if you've ever been out there and you've driven on these long, straight roads, and all the cars out there have cruise control. And you're driving down this road, and, and I was a passenger and my mate was driving, and he just flicked on the cruise control, didn't even hold the steering wheel, and he's just going straight. He was just chilling. It was so comfortable. It was so nice. It was so easy. It was so desirable. The road was broad. You just go with the flow. Secondly, the road is busy. It says many choose the broad way. Have you ever been to Wembley Stadium for an event? Have you ever come out of Wembley Stadium and walked back down Wembley Way? This wide gangway, and you've got 50,000 people all going in the same direction. You think you must be going the right way because, well, it's the way everyone else is going. So the Broadway, it's easy. Everyone is doing it. It's desirable. It can look attractive. That's what the Broadway is. But just because a road looks good and just because everyone is taking it, it doesn't mean it is right. Just last week, I came across a story. It was a little bit before my time, which is nice when you can say that, isn't it? It was a little bit before my time. But 
It's one of the most tragic things I've ever heard, and, and if you're around, you'll probably know it well, and it's the Jonestown massacre, or the Jonestown suicide. It, you, you guys are aware of that? Some of you are aware of that? Let me, let me fill you in. Um, I, I'm going to paraphrase this greatly, but there was a, a man called Jim Jones, and um, he started a movement in the States, and he started a church. I, I quote church because it was anything but a church. And he, and he wanted this communist community that would be sharing everything, looking out for each other, living life together. And he wanted to uh, start a settlement in South America in a place called Guyana, I think it's called. And so he takes these people, these American citizens, over to this compound, this settlement in South America, and, and they start to, to live out lives there. But as people were coming in, they noticed that things aren't quite what they should be. They turn up in this settlement and there's not enough bedrooms for all the people. And so they start uh, putting bunk beds in rooms, which means they all get overcrowded. They separate married couples out. They don't have enough facilities for cleaning and people are starting to get sick. The conditions are not good. Anyway, word gets back to um, a US congressman about this. So he flies down to this place. And um, he goes in and he, everything looked good. They were having a party, everyone seemed happy, but someone slipped him a piece of paper saying, look, we're being controlled, some people here want to leave. And so he said that he would take whoever wanted to come, to come back to America with him. So the next day he got a truck and people got on the truck and he's, he said, go back to the airport, I'm going to come back to the airport, I'm going to wait here and see if anyone else wants to come back to the States. And while he was there, someone made an attempt on his life in that compound but they failed. He managed to get back to the truck. They headed to the airport. Anyway, these guys from this compound, they chased them down, killed five of them because they wanted to control people on this compound. This guy, Jim Jones, got all of the people gathered after this because he was thinking something's going to happen now. The government are going to come down on this, what we're doing here. So Jim Jack Jones gathered all these people in and he says, we need to do something because the US government, they're going to send armies in. They're going to shoot our babies. They're going to kill our children. We need to do something revolutionary. We need to commit revolutionary suicide. He said this to 900, over 900 people. One woman said, we can't do this. We can't do this, this isn't right. And Jim's, Jim Jones, what he done is, he reasoned with her all the reasons why they had to do it. And the majority, the crowd said, we've got to go through with this, we've got to go through with this. The majority ruled. 913 people drank cyanide. If you see the pictures, I mean, there's one picture, you just, you just type in Jonestown and you think, just see these bodies, scattered children, babies, adults husbands, wives, just all over this, this ground. See, one woman said no, but the majority made the decision. I just want to make the point, the majority is not always right, and we need to know that. Just because the majority are doing it, it doesn't mean it is right. You might say, what's the Broadway got to do with me, though? Surely I'm a, a Christian, so I'm, I'm on the narrow path, right? You're a Christian, which means you've gone through the narrow gate. 
We all started out on the broad way and we're all walking in the same direction because, you know, the devil owns the world. Did you know that? Because Satan gave it over to him. Jesus redeemed man, but he hasn't redeemed the world yet. And so he's the prince of the power of the air. He has dominion over this. And so we're all walking down this Broadway and, and we see something. We see Jesus and it's like we find a slip road. And we come down to this narrow gate and we walk through and this, we've gone through the narrow gate. We've gone through Jesus Christ. Now let me just tell you what I'm not saying to you this morning. I'm not talking about your salvation. If you've gone through the narrow gate, you're saved because that's the gospel. Anything else is not a gospel. Believing in Christ that he died and rose again that's the gospel. He was resurrected, died for your sins on the cross. But now you've gone through the gate, I want to suggest to you that we can walk on one of two roads. We can walk on the narrow road or we can walk on the broad road with the majority. What is this broad road? What are we dealing with here? You know, if you read the New Testament letters, a lot of them are explaining um, what salvation we have and how to live out that salvation, but also what things we need to avoid, what things we need to resist, what things we need to stay clear of. And three things come up consistently throughout the New Testament, and that is, you'll know them well, the devil, the world, and the flesh. These are the three things that drive the Broadway. The pulling factor of the Broadway. And we know that Christians, you might say, well, that's what the world goes after. But we know that Christians can follow these because scripture tells us specifically to deal with each one of them. James says, resist the devil. Paul says, don't use your freedom to satisfy the flesh. In another place, someone says to Paul, I can do anything. But Paul says, not everything is profitable. Don't become slaves to anything. It's, it's a road that wants to own you. It's a road that wants to enslave you. You can look over at this passage with me if you like. It's in 1 John. Um, I think it's chapter 2 here. I haven't put the chapter on here. Verse 15 to 17. You put up 1 John 2, 15. Yeah, that's it. All right, I'm reading from the New Living. I think that's the NIV up there, so it might be slightly different. Listen to what it says. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. It's quite a strong passage of Scripture. And I know I've read a, a couple of them to you already this morning. But let me just say a quick thing here. There's nothing wrong with physical pleasure. There's nothing wrong with appreciating quality. There's nothing wrong with achieving well. There's nothing wrong with having nice things. The Father created physical pleasure. The Father gave us eyes to appreciate beauty. He loves to bless his children, to give us good things. You know, we've had a TV, that's, we've had it since 1982. And just two weeks ago, someone gave me another telly. I tell you, I had no problem taking it. 
it was very easy for me to take this TV. Um, I heard Rob Parsons, he's an author, and he said when he was at, uh, young and at church, you know, they would all, always be banging on quite a strict church about, don't do this, it's worldly, it's of the devil. And they used to say to him, don't go to the cinema, it's worldly, it's of the devil. Don't, you don't want Jesus to come back and find you in the cinema. Why do you think it's called a sin imar? <laughs> Listen, these things, there's nothing wrong with them in themselves. But do you see the twist here? Do you see the distortment? It's not the possessions, it's the craving. It's not um, the beauty of stuff, it's the lusting. It's not having the nice things, it's the pride of. I'll tell you something interesting, these are the very three things that the devil tempted Jesus with. The bread, the physical, kingdom, lust of the eyes, and the jumping so he could take pride in front of all these people. Do not love the world. Do you know, to love is to set your affections upon and it's to put your hope in. Christians can do it. And even in the Bible, we hear about it. Paul says to Demas in 2 Timothy 4.10, he left me because he loved the things of the world. Others, their faith was shipwrecked. This is the Broadway. It's giving into the flesh, into the urges. It's self-satisfying. It's doing what everyone else is doing. It's sleeping around. It's getting wasted. It's cheating a little bit for a few extra quid from the government. Why? Everyone else seems to do it. It's pride in what we have so that we look good in front of others. There was uh, uh, this thing on Facebook and this girl, she took these, these pictures and, like of a around-the-world trip. And everyone was saying, oh, it looks amazing. She's saying she's all in these different places. But do you know what? She was in her home and created environments to make it look like she was on a around-the-world trip. And everyone was posting, thinking, oh, this is amazing. She created a life that looked good for others. Living on the Broadway is not resisting the devil. It's walking with bitterness and unforgiveness, self-pity, blaming God for what is not right in our lives. It's easier than dealing with it. There's plenty of room for baggage on the Broadway. You can take everything with you. Pride in possessions and achievements just to have a trophy life. You know, I can't name all of them, but you can probably fill in the blanks. Are you living on the Broadway? I need to tell you that the word destruction, I think some versions say highway to hell, and that's, that's not accurate. The word destruction means to come to ruin. Um, it means to be wasted. Do you know, like the immoral woman when she poured out the, the um, perfume and it was wasted. That's what Jesus is saying here. You can waste your life living on the Broadway. These things in the world, they're going to come to a, an end. They're going to crash. They're going to run out. They fade away. I believe it also has something to do with our eternal rewards when we meet Jesus as well. 
You might say, you know, I'm, I'm just glad I'm saved. <laughs> if, I'm in, if I'm in the kingdom, I'm just happy about that. I'll say to you that you might say that now, but I don't know if you'll say that then when you meet Jesus face to face. The Bible says we're not to shrink back at his coming, which means if we live on the Broadway, we live for ourselves. When he comes back, listen, he will not condemn you. But when he comes back, you might say, oh, I want another go. I want to live on a different road. I don't want to take that Broadway anymore. I want to go back and start over so I can live on the narrow road. I want to do it the right way this time. But it will be too late. Do you know what I think taking the Broadway is for the Christian is to be saved as by fire. I don't know about you guys, but when I meet Jesus, I want him to say to me, well done. I do not want to meet my glorious saviour just slightly singed by flames. Do you see my point? We can live our whole lives belonging to Jesus, being on loan to the devil. This isn't to condemn you, like I say. My desire is, by the end of this sermon, if you are on the Broadway, you're going to say, I'm all about living on the narrow road. So let's look at that now. We need to see what the narrow road is now. Small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. This is the road that God wants you to take. This is the road that God wants you to live. What is it then to walk this narrow road? This passage, uh, Matthew uh, 7, 13 and 14, you know what it comes off the back of? It comes off the back of the greatest sermon ever preached. The Sermon on the Mount. And some people say Jesus just preached this stuff all in one hit. And some scholars say, no, it must be a collection of all his teachings. But the truth is, crowds gathered to hear him say this stuff over and over and over again. And so he just taught the people all about living in the kingdom, all about doing the stuff, what it was to live close to God, how to live a life with other people, how to love, how to deal with stuff, how not to worry. And then in verse 12 it says, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. So Jesus is taught for two whole chapters. That's what we get, two whole chapters. And it looks like he's finished. But you know when a preacher is finished, he's not really finished. Maybe you hear that and you think, like, are we done? And he'll go, so. And you go, oh, another 10 minutes. Can you give me five more minutes? Oh, it's only another 10 minutes. Matthew 7, 13 and 14 is Jesus' so. It says, after all of this teaching, many take the broad path. Few take the narrow path. All that Jesus taught is what it is to live the narrow way. That's hard. I mean, if the broad way is easy... The narrow way, by definition, has to be hard, right? What is the narrow way? Let me tell you what R.T. Kendall says. He says, it's a way of conflict. It means a fight, a struggle. It means to overcome the world, 
flesh and devil. It means overcoming temptation. It means to forgive rather than to hold a grudge. It means to be sexually pure as opposed to falling into sexual sin. It means to respect God's name and not use his name to increase your own credibility. It means to live a life of not judging and pointing the finger. It also means not looking over your shoulder to be seen of men, to be fear, in fear of what people think. It means to put personal integrity above the approval of people, to be willing to face persecution, however fierce. The narrow road is hard. It's hard. Let me tell you a few more things about this narrow road. You come to the narrow road through the gate, and the only way you can get through the gate is by going through Jesus. So the gate is only as wide as Jesus, which means the road is only as wide as Jesus. The road is only one person wide. You cannot walk it with anybody else. You can only walk this road alone. You might be a person who says, I, I, I want to see what everyone else does first. I want to see if they're all going, and then I'm going to decide to go, but that doesn't work. You know, my sister, she goes to a Zumba class, one of these things. And, um, and she was there, and the teacher was there teaching Zumba, and he says to Lindsay, he says, come up here, Lindsay. And so my sister comes up, and then he walks away, and she's left teaching a Zumba class. Like, come on, let's go, let's all do this, let's all come up here and do the stuff. And then before you know it, you're left on your own again. You have to walk it alone. People can't come with you. People might be separated from you. People won't understand why you're taking this road. They'll even draw back from you. Even Christians, they'll say you're extreme. You're over the top. When I got baptised... I had all my friends there, because I'd just become a Christian, all my friends there from the world. And one of my friends said something so profound to me. He said to me, the moment you went under that water, I lost my best friend. And I, was, I just felt like sad in my heart, but I knew it was true. Because I knew now that my life belonged to Jesus. And that I had a taste. I tasted something of the narrow road. It's a road that no other person can walk with you. It's narrow, so, you know, on the Broadway you can take all your baggage. Well, you can't take very much with you on the narrow road. You can't even take hand luggage on the narrow road. It's on the narrow road that God sets about dealing with you because you are saying you want to be dealt with. It's about your sin, the self, pains, hurts, past, as stuff comes up, it's giving it all up and giving it all up and giving it all up and giving it all up. Do you know the narrow road is the only road where it's okay to do some fly tipping? You can walk down the road and chuck some stuff off and that's just okay. You're allowed to do that. That's the narrow road. It is a road of persecution because you're choosing to walk against the majority. Jesus says that you'll be persecuted for godliness. Do you know what that means? You'll be persecuted just because you live devoted to Jesus. Just because you're doing something that not everyone else is doing, you'll get persecuted. Those on the Broadway are going to be like, why don't you come over here? Look, all of us are over here. Look, everyone's over here. Why don't you come over here? What are you doing over there? Are you okay? Have you still got that religion? 
You think you're holier than me, right? Persecuted. It's doing what is right instead of doing what is easy. It's making right decisions, not easy ones. On the Broadway, you can walk around things like integrity, honesty, love. You can be false. You can deceive, do things for selfish gain. It's doing what's right. I heard a story about this guy who worked at M&S. And um, he walked into the manager's office. And he was talking to the manager and the phone rang. And the manager said to him, uh, can you pick up the phone? So he picked up the phone and someone asked to speak to the manager. So he said, I've got a guy, someone on the phone from you. And when the manager knew who it was, he says, oh, tell him, tell him I'm not here. And this man passed the phone to him. He says, you tell him you're not here. He says, no, you tell him you're not here. He goes, no, you tell him you're not here. And this, he'd done this about three times. And this man got so angry with him, but he took the phone, spoke to him, bashed the phone down. He says, why did you do that? And he said to him, this Christian said to him, if I lie for you, I can lie to you. And this manager made him head of the departments. It's going against the grain row, right? It's easier to say, sorry, he's not here. Put the phone down. It's doing what is right. Only a few find this way. That's what it says. It's, it's a narrow road, and only a few find it. You can't just walk it. You can't just say, you know what, I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm going to walk the narrow road. Most people fi- don't find it, so it means something. It means you have to look for it. You can't just get on it. It's something you have to choose. It might be easy to, today, even after a message, to say, you know what, I want to live the narrow way. I want to go the narrow road, but what about tomorrow? Will you choose it then? What about next week? Will you choose it then? What about next month? Will you choose it then? That's what really matters. You've got to look for it. Jesus says, and he promises, if you seek, you will find. He will give it to you. You've got to be watchful on a narrow road. See, if only a few people find it, it means that the path's not easy to follow. If it's a well-trodden path, you can see clearly where to go. But if only a few people have walked this path, you've got to be very careful where you're walking. You've got to walk watchfully. You've got to walk intentionally. That's my buzzword this year, to be intentional. Listen, we've started potty training at home, and let me tell you, you need to be intentional about that. Because if you're not, you end up in a mess. I took my eyes off, I put, I took my eyes off the game for two minutes, and I tell you what, it was like... It was like Kim declared war on me all over the house. I was out scrubbing and then running and scrubbing and, and running and scrubbing. Got to be intentional. We have to watch ourselves, otherwise we might wander off onto another road. Jesus told his disciples, watch and pray. Check yourselves. The road is narrow and only a few find it. Now, I know what some of you are going to be thinking right now. I think I want to take the Broadway. I think that one sounds easier. I think that one sounds better. The Broadway is only easy for those who take the broad gate, the devil's entrance. See, you've gone through another gate. You've gone through Christ. And as you've gone through Christ, Christ has come into you, which means his seed is now in you. And so now it's hard for you to live on the narrow way. Here's the bad news. It's even harder for you to live on the broad way. Because the moment you start living on the broad way, the very one in you wants you to live on the narrow way is calling you back. So it's hard now for you to live on either. 
have you experienced something like that? You can't enjoy the Broadway. Maybe you've been out with your friends. Have you ever done that? And they've all been drinking, and you thought, like, I'm going to just have a few beers. And you're all, you're all drinking away, and you know that you are different to them. You know. Because you're called to live the narrow road. His seed abides in you. Praise God that he doesn't just leave you as you are. Praise God that he always comes after you and brings you back. I'm going to start closing this in. The narrow road is small, it's hard, and few walk it. So why choose it? Jesus said the narrow road, it leads to life. Life now. On the Sermon on the Mount, the prayer, the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, here, now. It's present tense. It's his life here with you right now. It's living the best possible life. Experience the kingdom. It's the only road where you can be filled as you hunger and thirst after righteousness. We might pray, I want more of you, God. I want more of you, Jesus. I want more intimacy. I want to experience you more. The narrow road is all about life with Jesus now. And it's all about life to come. You know, a saviour welcomes all with open arms, but a master rewards a servant. The prize, the crown, the well done from Jesus, that's what comes in heaven from walking the narrow road. Is it possible? You're, you might come here and say, you know, I, I, wanna, I want more of Jesus. I love him. I want to go after him. I want everything that he's got for me. I want the reward. I don't want to miss out on anything. But everything you've said about the narrow road, everything I've heard today, it just seems impossible. I hope you think that. Because if you think that, you're in a good place. I'll tell you why. This is not a road you can rely on your own strength. The whole point of walking the narrow road is that you are completely dependent on Christ. Jesus is the gate. You can only get onto the path through him. But Jesus doesn't say, you've gone through the gate, see you later. Just walk the narrow road. The gate becomes the way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the one who wants to lead you on through this road. He's the only one who knows the road because he is the only one who has ever walked it. Take up your cross and follow me. Take up your cross, yield to Christ. We say, we say often, don't we? We say yield. We've got to yield to Jesus. If you want to walk the narrow road, you've got to yield to Jesus. And you think like, well, what does it mean if I've got to yield to Jesus? No, I had a story about these guys that went swimming and there was three guys and two of them were out by the shore and one guy was in, in the middle and he started to get in a bit of trouble and he was panning away and he was screaming and one of these two guys was an expert swimmer so the, the other man was going, go and get him and this other guy just stood there, just staring at him and this man was paddling away and he was going crazy in the water and this other man was saying, he's going, you're horrible, why aren't you going to get your friend, he's out there drowning and all of a sudden this, this man started to give up and at that moment this expert swimmer swam out got him and brought him in. It was only when he was willing to give up in his own strength was he able to lead him back to where he wanted him to be.
See, if he'd have gone out and he would have gone while he was still splashing, he would have took them both under the water. Jesus wants you not to rely on your own strength, but to yield to his. And you can live the narrow road, led by the Spirit. You know what's right because he's in you. Every time you choose the Spirit, you are choosing the narrow road. It's a fight to forgive, to do what is right, to stay pure. In Galatians, it says our choices are never free from this conflict. Don't beat yourself up because you have this fight. It will always be there. But because the Spirit of Jesus is in you, you can always choose what is right. You can always choose the narrow way. Someone asked a theologian, Michael Eaton, what will win, the flesh or the spirit? His answer was simple, whatever you yield to, whatever you give into. This isn't a perfect walk. You don't think you have to be perfect, you just walk. Praise God it doesn't say just take up your cross once and just go for it. You know, there's going to be times you're going to trip, you're going to fall, but just get back up. Just go to the Lord, and he says, right, let's go back again. Carry on. Don't give up. Keep on the road. He desires for you to take the narrow road. It's hard, but his burden is light. He's not a taskmaster, but a friend who wants to guide you, encourage you, never condemn you. Your decision to yield to his invitation to lead you down the narrow path will take you all the way. I'm going to finish with this. Um, over... Christmas, I was down with Dave Edwards by the coast and we went for a, a nice walk and uh, Dave knew of a, a, a beach that was hidden away and you couldn't get to it from the mainland. And so we, we started to walk and we come up over these like, rocks and uh, just taking this path up and it comes out into this massive, like a broadway. And this broadway just kind of goes up and then it comes down and there's a, a, a small path that goes down the edge here. So I'm walking up the broadway because you can see the lovely coastline, it's beautiful, it's wonderful. Anyway, Dave's daughter Naomi decides it's better for me to walk down this little path, so she pulls my hand down and I'm like, oh, I want to go up there by the Broadway, I want to go up there because the view is so amazing, and she takes me down to this path and we're, and we're walking, and all I can see on my left is, is a bush the whole way, and all I can see on my right is the Broadway, and Dave looking very happy up there, seeing everything coming in, and so we're walking, and it's hard, and you've got to step over stuff, it's muddy, it's dirty, it's filthy, and we're walking, and we're going, and, and, and Dave's up there just looking very happy, and all of a sudden, the Broadway comes to nothing, but the path takes you down to the hidden beach. The Broadway leads you to destruction. It comes to nothing. But following the narrow way is the way to life. The road is a lonely one. It's the best way to live. It's the only way to truly live. And to quote Artie Kendall, when he asked why few people take the narrow path, why few Christians take the narrow path, he said the answer is really easy. Only few want to go there. I hope you want and choose the narrow way. God bless you.